the bulletin. Yeah, just before we get to the bulletin with uh, Aidan McLaughlin, we can tell you uh, Brian's just uh, done a little of uh, work and Marshy's come into us and also said that uh, both our sides, uh, men's and women's, uh, seven sides are in the grand finals uh, in Vancouver. Excellent, absolutely excellent news there. Right, uh, let's uh, stay in the village, shall we? And join up with Aidan McLaughlin. Good morning to you, sir. Morning to you, Smithy. I hope you're well. Yep, very, very well, Aidan. Uh, but if I was uh, judging my health on the black caps over the weekend, I'd be feeling a bit crook. Uh Yes, I think we all would be, to be fair. Um, just a really disappointing second and third uh, instalment of that, of that three-match series, I think. I think, you know, obviously the, the result on Wednesday was disappointing, but when you go down to the last ball, um, it is what it is. Um, and I think both sides would have gone into that second match at Eden Park um, feeling relatively confident. But uh, I think what struck me was that the, the Black Caps simply didn't really show up in that second and the third game. And the Aussies probably showed what we've probably all known for a long time is that they do have a lot more strength and depth, it would seem. Well, it does. I mean, the last time we played them in a really big tournament, of course, was when they were hosting it, and we barreled them. We knocked them out, basically, in the very first game on the back of Finn Allen and uh, Devin Conway. We're still using uh, our players. They're using some of, the, uh, of theirs as well. But I, we get a text in every now and then about the mental block against Australia. Do you think that exists with our cricket team? Oh, well, you, you raised a good point about the last uh, World Cup when, the, when they had that great start against the Aussies. But if you take the series the other day in isolation, you do wonder. I, I don't think the, the players consciously have that. I think it might be a subconscious thing. Um, and, of course, every time results and performances like this happen, it just adds fuel to the fire. Um, it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, there are, there are some... Uh, a lot of experienced players who have played a lot against Australia, um, but equally there's the, the, the likes you mentioned, Conway, Ravindra, you know, the, these type of players now um, that don't have that that uh, history behind them when it comes to Australia. So uh, I, I like to think not, but perhaps subconsciously there is something there. Well, it's interesting um, because I've, I've got a note here to ask you about the strength of uh, our domestic cricket, and if you look at the makeup that of Australian side, a lot of them uh, were when they're at full strength involved in international cricket at the time. But I look at Matt Short, uh, I look at Spencer Johnson, I look at Tim David, uh, I, I look at uh, Matthew Wade, and I see a lot of cricketers who are always available at Big Bash level. And when you see that kind of quality coming out of Big Bash, you, I mean, you, can you even compare it to Super Smash? Well, I, I think that the players you, you reference are, are very clear indicators from what I said earlier, that, that there is just more strength and depth in the Australian T20 game. I mean, um, the CEO of New, New Zealand Cricket is, is on record as recently saying that our Super Smash competition is viewed as a developmental competition. Um, there might be, you know, if, if it's a 10-game season here in Super Smash, you might get caps back for two or three games depending on what the international team allows them to do. So uh, it really is the next rung of players that are, that are playing in the Super Smash. Um, and yes, that can that can be useful because, of course, with cricket being a 12-month um, touring uh, sign, you do need to go beyond 14 or 15 players. So you do need 
a pool really of 20 or 25 players that you can call on for, for various tours and various matches. But um, yeah, I, I think we are starting to see that Super Smash is not quite at the level of Big Bash. I think it's probably something we've done for a number of years. But you're right, when you don't get the, the, the big names, the Black Caps playing on a regular basis, um, it is noticeable. It is, and, and I vividly recall when there was a break in the Test Series, Steve Smith, uh, David Warner, um, you know, two or three uh, straight back to play for their Big Bash franchises. Wouldn't see that here. You wouldn't see that demand put on them. No, no, because quite often it'll be that they're, they're resting for the next Black Caps assignment. Um, they do go back from time to time, um, but I, I think you're right. The, the, the gut feeling I have is that it's fewer and further between. Uh, but it's a difficult one. I think the, the Black Caps management and medical team seem to be very conscious of workload, and that seems to have a knock-on effect to the, the Super Smash tournament. Whether we agree with that or not, that's the conclusion that they come to. And when the message comes right from the top that it is seen as a developmental competition, and he's on record as saying that, um, then I think this is just the way we have to accept it's going to be going forward. Okay, right. That's uh, Scott Wernick you're talking about, obviously, the new CEO of New Zealand Cricket. Now, let's uh, look at a subject we haven't touched on as yet. We will after 11 o'clock with Vossi, but uh, the Warriors in their, their hit out, almost full strength hit out too against the Dolphins. Started strongly, and there are aspects of it which were very good, including some of their finishing, but uh, Webby, not entirely impressed with the deal. <laughs> no, he wasn't. I mean, it was, you know, it was good to get another win under the belt. Um, especially after a good performance in Christchurch the week before. Um, so, you know, a 12-point win against the Dolphins, um, but it is pre-season and there's always things to work for, and someone like like uh, Webby will be always looking to fine-tune and get things as good as they can be. Um, also good, I thought, Smithy, well, a couple of things were good, almost 15,000 there in the crowd, which is really good, um, but equally mm. good to see uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek um, you know, very prominent in that win against the Dolphins. Um, and, uh, you know, he broke a lot of tackles, ran a lot of metres, and he looked pretty sharp, I think. So, um, yeah, I, I think that was good. They, I think they did slide him in at, uh, at full back in the second half off the top of off top of the head. But um, I don't think that's the, the plan from, from Webster going forward. I think in that centre position where he said was the season goes on. I don't know if you caught it, but uh, obviously now Wigan can claim to be the best rugby league club side in the world, having just edged out the Penrith uh, Panthers. So a uh, bit of a statement for UK Rugby League. Yeah, a bit of controversy as well. Um, you know, people on this side of the world not too not too happy with with the officiating, it's fair to say. Um, look, you know, I've, I've been watching those World Club uh, challenges for what feels like about 30 years now. And <clears throat> probably if you look back, it's probably surprising how many times the um, the English side does end up winning it. But, you know, you have to also remember it's, it's on the back of um, the the NRL winners having travelled halfway around the world, um, you know, got off a plane, had to adjust their bodies and try and perform in, um, you know, in a showpiece game like that. So it does happen, but I think... I think it's fair to say, for, and anyone who watches um, both leagues, that the, again, the strength and depth of the NRL is uh, certainly superior to that of Super League. But on a one-off occasion, um, given the circumstances, yeah, it, it happens from time to time. 
Aidan, just looking across the board at those uh, warm-up games, and they are, I stress, warm-up games as such, but it still looks like um, trouble for the Knights. It still looks like uh, being a long season for the Bulldogs, the Dolphins, the Titans, um, and Wests again, who are on the back of a, a bit of a hiding from the Dragons. So a week out, or well, for some of them uh, slightly longer than that, but uh, for four teams who get underway in Las Vegas very shortly, um, I just wonder if we're going to see a bolter, as perhaps we could call the Warriors from last year. Yeah, at the moment, it, it's hard to see because you just say that if, if we're going off pre-season form, um, then then what are we really identifying in terms of a potential bolter? I think it just really, we'll have to see how the first half, sorry, not the first half, but the first maybe month of the season goes. Um, if someone can get off to a relatively fast start um, and stay clear of injuries and suspensions and things like that, then it might well, it might be the case that uh, someone can put their their hand up to, to to make a run. But geez, it's a long season, and even if they they start strongly, um, yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be tough for someone to really break into that the established uh, the established high flyers of the NRL. I think. Did you cast your mind uh, and your thoughts over Super Rugby at any stage at the weekend? Yeah, how do we look? Um, you know, I kept an eye on things. And to be honest, not really that much stood out as being that surprising to me. I, I thought that the Hurricanes uh, travelling over to the force, I thought that would be close. I did still fancy uh, the Hurricanes to take it, but, but certainly I didn't expect them to rack up uh, a 30-point victory. Um, but everything else was pretty much as expected. I did fancy the Chiefs to, to, to make advantage of being at home and beat the Crusaders, um, although that got pretty close in the end. So, yeah, I think uh, a pretty a pretty standard start to Super Rugby. Um, no, nothing really jumped out. Um, and, of course, you know, it will be interesting again to see just how the, the Drua uh, and Moana Pacifica get on. Um, potentially I did expect a little bit more out of the draw against the Blues um, but perhaps you know it, it's going to be a bit of a grind for these two again and I don't think that's good for anyone really you know we want them to, to be competitive we want them to get a, a few wins each every season um, and keep it more importantly just keep improving um, but I know in the case of Moana Pacifica for example there's just been so many changes to that squad since last season um, it's going to be it's going to be a tough couple of uh, couple of months for them, I think. Barring a monumental fourth innings batting collapse by India, which doesn't seem likely, uh, they're about to win the series um, in India, and uh, Baz Paul's come a cropper again. It would seem. Uh, what do you what have you made of that and uh, the style England persists in? Well, I think that you know there's been quite a, a stark difference in the, the third and fourth test so we're in the fourth test now you know England actually came out of that first innings in the fourth test with a, a lead I think it was about 46 um, and just felt that if they could go in and maybe get 200 runs relatively quickly and they always tend to score them quickly then it would be a bit of a tough chase for India but, you know, England were restricted to 145, um, Ash, Ashwin got a five, but, um, and then suddenly, you know, they're all out for 145, and India looked pretty pretty steady last night. You know, they got through to 40 without loss by the end, and suddenly, instead of 250 or more to win, the, there's only 152 more needed. And with 10 wickets in hand, yes, the pitch is 
deteriorating and you know things can happen pretty quickly on a pitch like that but you have to say at the moment that it will be that second innings where England have lost this test match if that's what ends up happening. Um, in the third test it was a case of there was a, a batting collapse you know Joe Root played that horrendous um, scoop mm. shot a very very bad decision at the time people will say we well, can't have it both ways but I think the way that Root batted in the first innings in this test where he got you know he was 122 not out um, it just shows it was it was a bad decision at the time um, so yeah it, it's pretty it, it, it looks like it's going to be India's series by the end of tonight Sure does, sure does. Uh, Aidan, thank you very much for your time this morning. Re- really appreciate it. Uh, catch up soon, man. Will do. Cheers, Smithy. Cheers. Aidan McLaughlin there out of uh, the village of Havelock North. Mexican Open is uh, what's on at the moment. It's the uh, latest round of the PGA. Two names at the top, or four or five names at the top we haven't heard too much of. Uh, at the moment, uh, with five holes to go, Jake Knapp leads uh, by one shot from Sammy Villanaki. Yes, and then Lower and Jaeger, Pan, Kim, McIntyre. Names that we're not quite used to uh, seeing at the top of the leaderboard. In fact, the tournament where Ryan Fox decided he would go to and missed the cut quite comfortably. So I think he's going to find it a pretty tough year on the PGA, Ryan Fox. 10.53 here on SCNZ.